the Click owns this business. Coming down the aisle, Bimbo, Jimbo, baby, who is? You know that I'm the cream of the crop. Give me a hell yeah. Today, woo, I've got the stop and profile like never before. From our 1077 The Bone Studios in downtown San Francisco, this is In The Click. Bimbo Jimbo alongside my tag team partner, Baby Huey. Hello and welcome again, everybody. We're live, pal. Ah, Jimbo! That's all I'm going to say. That's all you got? I, that's all I got. <laughs> all right. I'm done for the day now. We're, we're, we're off to a good start. We apologize for uh, the delay, as is you will be hearing this uh, for the first time uh, this Saturday afternoon, it is double or nothing day. Uh, we have our money in the bank reactions, our raw and SmackDown reactions. Really, the wrestling news cycle is 24-7, so to speak, and we will get into that. Uh, but we do have to start out again, as I, I gave the disclaimer in, our, in the beginning of our last episode, that when we when we aired it, uh, the news, the very sad news about Ashley Massaro uh, passing away uh, had just come out. So I, d- I do want to reiterate one more time just how tragic and sad uh, that news was that Ashley, um, 39 years old, uh, her life ends just far too young. Uh, and obviously, you know, she go- was going through a lot and stuff. And just, you know, our, our condolences go out to her her family uh, everybody that she's touched in her life and everything, and you know the wrestling community certainly all felt that one. Um, but it was it was cool to see the wrestling community rally around her daughter and raise all that money for her in you know just a twenty four hour span, and that was just you know an, an encouraging thing born out of a, a tragedy that shouldn't shouldn't have happened. Um, and also, uh, before we get into the the more lighthearted things, it is 20 years ago this week that Owen Hart tragically passed away at the Over the Edge pay-per-view. Uh, I remember watching it uh, live. Uh, it was one of those things that, you know, every, every WWF pay-per-view uh, and every WCW pay-per-view, uh, I'd have friends over, you know, and we were all watching it. And um, it was it was one of those things where, like, you know, you go back and you think about Jim Ross talking about how, like, this is not a wrestling angle and stuff like that. I, um, I think he did a really good job of sort of, like, putting that out there. I mean, just the enormous pressure and weight of that moment to fall on the shoulders of he and Jerry, the King Lawler. I thought they did very well in that moment. I mean, it really is the wrestling equivalent of having to, of Walter Cronkite having to deliver the news that John F. Kennedy had been assassinated. And it is one of those, you remember where you were, uh, situations and, um, God, you know, you, you feel for them so much, you know, just looking back on it, just what a tragic loss of life, what a talent Owen Hart was. Yeah. But, I mean, were you watching it live? Yeah, too? yeah. No, uh, my brother and I were watching the pay-per-view as well. And um, it was just weird because, so what, 20 years ago, I was, what, 15? And so watching this in real time, 
I didn't fully understand what was going on. Like you're watching, and if yeah. I remember correctly, they had like the the promo package playing. Yeah, and you're building up for the match, showing what's been going on leading up to the match itself, and all of a sudden you kind of like hear kind of commotion, or, or they come out of the video package, and it's not focused on the ring. It's just back on Jr. and Jerry, and you're like, you could tell their faces just. They're stunned and like in the moment they're trying to recover and still be professional and they'll try to to us the fans trying to um, describe what's going on but also trying to to how, how can you say it? like as you say it was just you could their face said it all something really serious happened something bad an accident yeah. happened and they're trying to react and but at the same time trying to keep the show going along it, it's just a lot of emotions in that moment but for us they didn't know we they just said like owen hart was injured and yeah well and that's all they really knew at the time and i mean you saw pretty quickly there jerry the king was was in the ring with owen uh and the paramedics at the time and uh so it was mostly on jim delivering uh the early part of that news uh you know that he'd been injured but it, it's important to remember you go back 20 years at that time something outlandish like them making that a storyline wasn't necessarily outside the realm of possibilities. So JR had to really hammer home, you know, that it was not a wrestling storyline and everything like that. And I think I remember being at home catching on pretty quick that, you know, this was not uh, part of the show. Some of my friends were a little bit more skeptical. Um, and then of course, you know, it became all too real when they announced that he had passed and I was just very confused. I was watching. I just did not understand what was going on. I mean, like I said, I think Jim, he's reacting in the moment, what he saw, but at the same time trying to sum it up and be respectful of the situation as well. And I'm sure he's probably thinking he doesn't want to maybe over-speculate what happened, but yeah. he's just trying to give us enough information to, to fill time as they're all sorting everything out. It just like I said, a lot of chaos was going on. And keep in mind, this is way before social media and all that stuff. Imagine if that happened today in some capacity. People would have been posting photos, videos. So, like, for us, all we had was the TV in that moment, and Jim Ross was our voice kind of guiding yeah. us along. Thank God for that in that sense. Yeah, exactly. That I mean, just like I said, imagine if that was today, how even more horrible – of a situation that could, that could be. Yeah. But anyway, just at the time, like I said, I was watching kind of very confused and then jump ahead to like even that night, the following night on Raw, just how emotional the whole roster came out in support of him and remembering Owen and then that, that video package they had of him afterwards. It was just, oh, so gut-wrenching and heartbreaking just to lose yeah. one of the, the greatest talents of our generation. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Uh, we'll leave it right there in terms of the uh, the sads for today on this episode of In the Click. Let's get into uh, some of the exciting stuff because this is a big day. A bit, it's been a big week in professional wrestling. Uh, Double or nothing day. It is finally upon us. The very first All Elite Wrestling show is going down in Las Vegas. Huey and I, of course, wish we were there, but as it as it is, we are in our studios in San Francisco, and we're going to be watching along like so many of you. So uh, just a couple quick things. I've uh, been following along a little bit with uh, StarCast to uh, the whole convention week and everything like that. Looks, looks really fun. Looks awesome. Uh, just really well done uh, stuff. Shout out to our guy, Philip from the Bullet Cast. <laughs> uh, he's posting a lot of pictures and stuff like that. It's, so far, I have two favorites. Okay. Uh, one, 
One of the coolest photos I've ever seen is our guy Philip on the ladder with Razor Ramon holding the Intercontinental title. Just what an awesome photo off that is. And the other one, he's holding the the winged eagle belt yeah. from WrestleMania 12. Uh, trying to remember. Uh, oh, yeah, that's the one. That's the time that Shawn Michaels beat Bret Hart. The, uh, the, the first time in a big stage uh, at WrestleMania, the Iron Man match to win the WWF Championship. First time he beat Brett for the title. <laughs> so, wait, wait, wait. Okay, time out. So, that title, like, I'm surprised Sean doesn't have that at home. Like, who is yeah, that exactly? We, we, we'd have to talk to Philip exactly if that's if if that's the exact one or yeah. if it's just like a replica okay. or what have you. But, I mean, it's a cool, it's a cool picture. So, we'll have, we'll have to get Philip on here. To, we should get him on to talk about his experience okay. at Double or Nothing and StarCast. But so. And also, for, for the Scott Hall photo, does Scott Hall have the Intercontinental title with him and it's part of the photo op? Like, I, I think I think the latter and the title are a photo op opportunity because <laughs> I've seen some other people posting uh, with it and everything like that, but Phillips is the best. I know. So, for me, I would love to know, like, is there, like, different prices? levels like for like the lower tier price it's just a regular photo of scott hall for another price you, you can be on the rungs. there's different rungs that you yeah, can go the up price to get level the goes up. up yeah the very the very tippy top is you get the one where kevin nash is actually caught in the ropes yeah. and, and, and everything like That's that what so. I'm saying. like there must be price levels for every rung you yeah. want to go so but, if you're in the middle, it's like you, you you just had enough to get by. I mean, they're, they're, they have a they had a cosplay uh, competition out there and everything like that. I saw some of the great uh, cosplays of the pro wrestlers that they were doing. Shout out uh, to my friend Crystal who did a glam Vegas showgirl style Pentagon uh, oh, nice. cosplay. Uh, she should have won. She was the people's champion. She had the crowd eating out of the palm <laughs> of her hand, but. They went with a, a Macho Man, which, you know, like, I love Macho Man, but it was just kind of a standard Macho yeah. Man cosplay. So kind of a miscarriage of justice there, but still really cool they're doing that cosplay competition. Uh, saw the interplay between Cody and Dustin to get ready for their match. Ooh, and Dustin. Uh, Dustin wearing the, the Dusty's favorite T-shirt. And, and the his whole, promo. His promo was amazing. So getting you hyped for that. So let's break down the Double or Nothing card a little okay. bit here. We'll run through. We got a lot of talk. Yeah, lot yeah. to talk about. So we'll break down double or nothing, obviously, the fallout um, next week on the show. But we have the Casino Battle Royal. Uh, the winner earns a future world title shot. Uh, we have Sammy Guevara versus Kip Sabian. Uh, that Those are both on the buy-in part. So it's the actual pre-show, Baby Huey. <laughs> well, I love that. The concept is it's free on uh, cable, so it, it, it's encouraged people who are maybe tuning in and haven't decided yet. Literally, you have that last hour to make or break to decide if you're going to buy the pay per view, which is like we grew up in the was it the free for all era where literally you tune in and they, they're really it's like their last second pitch to sell you why you need to spend that money and buy the pay per view. So it's very much an old school feeling. I think a lot of people are just so used to the network era that we live in now and streaming, but this. That hour, it's like kind of them displaying like a little tease of what's going to happen on the main show and why you need to like be a part of this amazing moment tonight. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's very smart. Um, we have I'm going to butcher all these, but we have the uh, <laughs> women's uh, six six man match. We have Asia Kong, Yuka Sakazaki, Emi Sakura, Hikaru Shida, Riho and Rio Mizunami. Good job. All right. All right. Good job. All right. And you Uh, went to Japan. I did. Yeah. I went there. I didn't freaking take a class. Well, no, real quick, I want to ask you before we kind of run down just uh, early predictions as far as for the the Battle Royal. I think there's four slots left open. 
you have any predictions who might fill those spots or who might even win the whole thing? Because the winner gets a, a title shot, a world title shot. Well, I, I think because uh, <laughs> I have some I, ideas. I, I, I have predictions that I don't know if it's going to be the Battle Royal, but I do think we will see one John Moxley okay. uh, tonight. I still think there's a strong possibility. You know, if we if we get John Moxley, we might not get CM Punk tonight. Okay, but it's one or the do, other. But I do think that CM Punk will be in AEW uh, before the year is out. Okay, uh, and or certainly within the first year of the Moxley lives existence. in Las Vegas. Yeah, exactly. So I think he. I wouldn't be. It would be an interesting call to put him in the Battle Royal because it's on free TV. But that might be the best call to have because it makes them feel big time. It's on TV, so. It's maybe going to drive people to be like, oh, this is something I should buy if yeah, this last happens minute. kind of deal. So I, I, I would love that. Uh, are you? What are you thinking? Yeah, no, I'm thinking like for, Moxley. I think can be used in two capacities tonight, and so I'll, I'll save the other one. But yeah, I'm with you with the battle royal. As far as dude, he's like arguably the biggest name to leave WWE in the last couple of years, and so for him to make an appearance on the 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 the, the uh, buy-in show. It would just get a lot of the average fans who may be on the fence of actually buying the pay-per-view. Because, we you know, hey, a lot of people were kind of on the fence about the whole $50 for the pay-per-view itself. So maybe seeing him, that's a great tease on getting people to buy last minute. So he's the biggest name kind of free agent out there. So for, for AEW's sake. But also, yeah, CM Punk. I know CM Punk says he's busy tonight in Palm Springs doing some commentary for an yeah. MMA event. Not that far. Exactly. He could easily maybe make an appearance to the Battle Royal, then jet off and get to Palm Springs uh, quickly, a little, little quick uh, ride or, or plane ride over there. But, um, I mean, I, I, I just, let's see. I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, was it uh, MJF? Right. Was that his name? Yeah. yeah, yeah, MJF. He's not currently listed, but he's very much featured in the Double or Nothing. Yeah, yeah road, to, road to Double or Nothing video. So he could easily be in there. I mean, uh, even uh, Joey Ryan, has he listed been listed on here? I think he could even be like a strong candidate to maybe win the whole thing because he has tie-ins with All In and stuff like that. So it's just exciting. I think I don't think he'll win the whole thing. He might be in it, but I don't think he'll, he'll be win. in it. Uh, I think uh, what Adam Page could be in it, right? Yes, but I have an uh, idea for what he could be used for later on in the night. So yeah. I think they're saving well, the, him. The the Adam Page and and uh, Pack situation uh, sort of came to a head. The you know the sort of. Blah blah blah. The yada yada. Rumors and yeah, all that stuff on the all that on the internet is that Pac didn't want because he is the Dragon Gate champion. Did not want to uh, not lose to Adam Page, but we beat Adam Page, but then lose to Kenny Omega, uh, which would be for the AEW World Championship. Uh, so that, I thought also just because the promotion itself, Dragon Gate, didn't want to see their champion lose. Yeah, so it's not even so much him. But it's it's more so. It's not about Adam Page. It's about down the line what the future plans are. Is that we build up Pack as a strong character, but he's going to eventually lose to Kenny yeah. Omega for the first World Championship, and Dragon Gate not being down with that, which is interesting, and I don't think a good move on their part, but. Uh, it certainly doesn't paint Pac in a good light either, given his issues that he had with WWE. Well, I think that's kind of potentially maybe an issue AEW might be writing in when, as far as they have guys who are on their roster but are also working other promotions. I mean, one thing, you know, at least with Vince McMahon, to his credit with WWE, if you're a WWE employee, you only work for WWE. So, therefore, the storylines that you're involved with only sur- uh, surround WWE. So you're not having outside influences kind of dictating 
what goes on in your career. Yeah, this is a very extreme case, it sounds like. Yeah, though. exactly. So I, I don't I don't foresee them running into much of that issue. Certainly certainly not running to this issue out of nowhere this late in the game. You know, I mean this was one of the one of the featured matches that has been promoted for pretty much the longest time, you know, going back to Las Vegas when they faced off, you know, and or even in Florida, in the Florida, first. what I mean. Yeah, exactly. When they, when they faced off with one another at the, at the kickoff. Yeah. The rally. So yeah, it's, it's, that's a bummer and uh, it's a bummer think- for Adam page. So I think that maybe uh, he could get, he could slide into that spot. He, certainly he's going to have a prominent role in the company. Obviously he's such a, has such a bright future ahead of him. Do you think Pac can, Show up in some capacity still. Yeah, I, I because I do think that they want to do business with him, and I don't. You know, there's so much of the what have you online is just that. It's you know nobody really knows, and uh, I think if he does still show up and have a role tonight, then it was more of a Dragon Gate decision and issue than a pack issue. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. if it was a him issue, then I then it's more likely that we won't see him. And I want I want to address something else that you mentioned in terms of the fifty dollar buy in, as it were. Uh, Lance Storm uh, also talked about this on Twitter, and and, and I was talking about with uh, Warriors PR extraordinaire Daryl Arata about this as well. Uh, the $50 buy-in and sort of like what kind of ask that is. And, you know, Lance was talking about, it's like, dude, get some friends together. Yeah. It's going to make it more fun, you know, and if you even just get a couple of friends you're already you're cutting the cost dramatically. It's not that bad. And you have people over watching it with you, and it's a social thing. And I, and I was talking – uh, again with with Daryl about it, and it's like, yeah, it's true. And plus, like, I have no issue, you know, spending my money to support, you know, them and yeah. this. It's it's a it's a, almost like a philanthropic endeavor. I think you should feel good when you 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 know. I and I've talked to you about this about other things. Like, we have such very little stroke in our lives, you know, yeah. to against like these big machines and things in motion. What little power we do have is our buying power. And yeah. what we actually decide to support with our wallet. And this, if you love pro wrestling and you want like the the promote the general better health of professional wrestling, then you should buy double or nothing if if you're interested in it. But and I think if you love pro wrestling, you are interested in it. So, <clears throat> so don't piss and moan about it being fifty bucks. Get some friends together, make it a happening. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It'll take you back to like I was talking about earlier, every pay-per-view uh you know my dad would have to go to work at the restaurant but he would leave me enough money for pizza for me to have my friends over to watch the shows and some of my fondest memories growing up you know so like recreate that this is fun yeah i mean we're big kids we can reenact all that stuff but yeah if you get at least four people in the room and like easily split it less than like 15 bucks each per person and everyone chips in for pizza whatever yeah you make an event out of it i remember growing up just in the 90s, watching all the big pay-per-view boxing matches, Tyson, all, and we would have family get-togethers. Family and friends would come over. We would have hors d'oeuvres and everything out, big spread. Yeah, that's the thing with professional wrestling. Make this an event for yourself. Even if you're not in Las Vegas, make this an experience for yourself to tune in and everyone can have their people to cheer on. And that's that's kind of like the why we love professional wrestling. Everyone can come together and enjoy an event like this. But... I'm just super excited to see what this could do. I'm, I'm just really excited for what this means for AEW and just 
it's their first big showcase of what the future holds for this promotion. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip over the the rest of the undercard because not we're not really offering predictions or, or anything like that at the, at this time because it's just you know it's the first show they've built a strong card but some of the main events that we have yeah and I and I think it starts uh, you know sort of as we leave the undercard it's SCU versus hashtag Stronghearts uh, you know I think I, I expect SCU to win that and sort of be you know promoted strongly there I'm kind of okay well bigger question all the guys from being the elite and the elite group. Do you think they all go over here no, or don't? No, go- no, no. Okay, so that's why I'm thinking Stronghearts might go over because okay. that's part of uh, uh, their promotion that they're partnering with AEW's working with, a working agreement. So kind of is a good yeah. working, like we're helping all of our working relationships that we have with other promotions. Those talents coming over for the event are going to go over and make them look strong. Uh, and I think the, the next one we'll talk about is Cody versus Dustin. Uh, one last ride, as it were, and I, I think I think Cody does win here. I I, so. I, okay. I really do because I I think I think Dustin is ready to sort of transition into a more behind the scenes role with AEW. Uh, but I and I, I think it'll put his you know putting Cody over and everything like that. I think it's something that he wants to do. They they had a truncated feud in WWE where Goldust won at Fastlane, but all signs were sort of pointing to them having like a big uh, WrestleMania uh, match with each other, which we never got to see. Yeah. And I do think in that moment, I think I think there's a good chance if they got to that storyline in WWE that Goldie would have chosen that to be his last match. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, but he never, he didn't get that. That would have been a closure moment for him. I think they get it here. I think they have a hell of a match. They've, they've certainly promoted it really well. But I think Cody's winning here. If you have a chance, look up his promo from, I think, yesterday's. Oh, uh, I saw it. Oh, my God. But, like, I love the angle that they're going with as far as Cody wants to kill off the Attitude Era and, like, Goldust or Dustin is the last, like, active member from that era. And so just to build it, like, oh, my God, because that's, like, a generational thing. Like, Cody, I think, very much represents this newer generation of wrestling fans. But Goldust, Dustin, is kind of from our era that we grew up in. So it's very much, I think you're getting a lot of different age range of people tuning in just what each guy represents as far as the demographic goes so that's why i'm excited for this as far as the build-up and like you know gold dust is you know he says he's dusty's favorite son and and cody is kind of being a little cocky but he wants to end like i said when he says he wants to end attitude era and dustin's like you can't. Well, that goes back to WrestleMania 23. It goes back to the Hall of Fame ceremony with the, uh, with them inducting Dusty and Cody in his speech calling uh, Goldie the glue that held the Attitude Era together. Yeah. Uh, so playing on that all these years later is very cool. Uh, but I do think Cody wins here. Uh, be, like, it's not a world title match. He's he's not even positioning himself in in one of the two matches that will earn the future world title yeah. shot. And I, And again, I think it just comes down to the fact that Dustin's interests are not so much in the ring anymore as they are helping this promotion and pursuing other things like acting and stuff like that. So you think this is a one and done match? This is not can't go on to like maybe best of three. I, I I think this is it. Okay. So with that being said, like initially maybe I was thinking, oh maybe you know Cody will actually put Dustin over because Cody did go. Okay, as far as I know, it's not the official AEW show, but all in last year he did go over defeating Nick Aldis, winning the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. So maybe this time around, the second event that he's a part of producing, he might let ah. the opponent go over, in this case, Dustin. Co- Cody putting him, like, 
Cody did the NWA a favor by winning that match. Yeah, I think so too. Absolutely. He he had he had a lot of stuff going on. He was you know doing everything with New Japan and stuff like that and. Uh, and then, you know, by giving me the NWA World Heavyweight Championship in Long Beach, he did a lot. <laughs> you guys of, were the twenty four seven rule. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was it was great. He did a lot. He did a lot of good work for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. No, but he did, he he did them a favor with that. Uh, that that to me wasn't so much himself putting it putting himself over. What I thought, what I was impressed by with Cody, I think maybe to his detriment a little bit at All In was that that wasn't the main event. Yeah, because that should have been the main event. But I think. Cody did not want to sort of be booking himself into that spot. Uh, and he did it again here. You know, yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. he's not in this will not be the main event of the evening. That's going to be Jericho and Omega in in my estimation. Uh, and <laughs> so I, I, I do think Cody goes over here because I think it's what Dustin wants to do, too. OK, because cool. he knows that Cody has years and years on the on the back nine of his career here. And and look, Dustin's in phenomenal shape and he can still go. But I'm not sure if he still wants to. I mean, between the knee surgeries and everything like that, might be time for him. Yeah. And what better way, the first event of his brother's new promotion, have this match, put him over, transition to a behind-the-scenes role in which he will help so many people immensely. By the way, shout-out Dean Malenko for signing on as a coach for AEW. That's a, that's a big get for them. Um, Made of a thousand so that, holds. Yeah, exactly, but not a thousand promos, but be that as it may. Um, <laughs> so I was going to say, Ruka, I just want to say, also for Dustin, like I think we talked about this before, I think for their father's legacy and what Dusty, obviously amazing wrestler, but also behind the scenes what Dusty was always trying to do as far as uh, create like his own little family tree of wrestlers and help the next generation push him along. So I think for Dustin – his legacy, I think he sees this is his opportunity, not only make his dad proud, his family proud, but also yeah, help his brother kind of. We've talked about their history. It's been up and down over the years, but I think as a good way of kind of just really solidifying their brotherhood, their friendship, all that stuff, this is a great way. Help his brother, get his brother over, but also, as you said, transition, but yeah, help this new promotion. And that could be a great legacy not only have his own legendary career in his own right but moving forward in this latter part of his life that he's helping the wrestling business as a whole stay strong and thrive especially with AEW what it could mean for us wrestling fans for decades to come so I think yeah for Dustin's sake this is just a great opportunity to kind of go out on a on a high note regardless wins or loss I, I, I'm excited to see what he how the crowd's going to react to him and if he's going to you know, have like a, a farewell goodbye to everyone in attendance. But moving forward, I would love to see him still work with the company and, like, as you say, help the, this next. They have a lot of young talents here, and they, I think he can do a lot of great things helping them move along. The AAA World Tag Team Championship match, the Young Bucks taking on the Lucha Bros. I got the Lucha Bros yeah. all day here getting those titles back. It makes sense. And this is, you know, sort of to your point, do you see all of the elite guys going over? And I don't. I, th- I think I think Penta and Phoenix take it here, uh, get their titles back. And that's the way it should be. And I think they're going to have a hell of a match, two of the best tag teams in the world uh, going at it. And I'm, I'm really excited for that one. And then the main event of the evening, Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho Part 2. Winner earns a future world title shot. Uh, I think they sort of, um, and you know what, maybe they'll swerve us and have Jericho go over here given everything that's going on. But given the, you know, what have you online that the rumor was that Pac or Dragon Gate didn't want Pac to job to Kenny Omega for the world championship, uh, I think I think, I think, think Kenny's going to go over here Um but maybe maybe they'll swerve us now, given that that they sort of let the cat out of the bag with that. Well, okay, a couple of things before I forget. 
The other thing, my other idea for Joey Ryan is maybe he could come out and challenge Adam Page. Playing off their all-in stuff and it's everything. Because they do have built-in storyline from yeah. being elite you know, episodes on YouTube to for all-in. Like So Heyman maybe wants revenge for being carried out on a bunch of penises. So yeah. God, that, I hope they don't play up that again. But I'm just saying that could be one angle to they already have a built-in storyline together. The other thing, just crazy idea, just throwing it out there. The battle royal could Okada come out, win the battle royal, which then sets up for him gain an eventual title shot down the road. Kenny Omega defeats Jericho, which leads to a Okada Kenny Omega match for the AEW Championship, and it also solidifies AEW has a working agreement with New Japan Pro Wrestling. It could. I wouldn't. I would personally not be interested in that because I'd rather they build up their own fresh new matchups than okay. th- than that. Um, but, but I mean, it's, doesn't Jericho have another? Like he, I know he lost the New Japan um, IC Championship recently, but he he now has his sights set on the 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 world title over in New Japan, the IWGP title. So maybe like it wouldn't make sense for him to go over here against Kenny Omega because he still has unfinished business in New Japan. Kenny Omega is very much all in, no pun intended, with AEW. So maybe it makes sense for Kenny Omega to go over because Jericho still has I, I other they, things. I think they want to make Kenny the centerpiece of the promotion and everything like that. We do have to see uh, Jericho's new finisher debut here, the Judas the Judas effect, by the way, which is spinning elbow. So we'll see how that looks in, in the ring and everything like that. And may, maybe he doesn't get it off here. Maybe it gets reversed because I don't think they want Kenny kicking out the first time he uses it. But <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, wouldn't that be crazy? Uh, but I do think uh, I do think Kenny goes over here to to become you know one half of the number one contender for the first ever AEW World Championship. Okay. Uh, so it could set up Kenny Omega versus John Moxley or any other number of things which certainly would be a big-time box office. But I'm, I'm excited to see how it all plays out. The whole week has looked like it's been a lot of fun in Las Vegas. The, one of the coolest things to me is as uh, we roll into the NBA Finals, which is part of my other job with the Warriors, it's really cool watching TNT and seeing ads for Double or Nothing pop up out of nowhere. And just, uh, it's great. It just and, and, oh, and the other fact that they're going to be TV 14 is sort of an interesting call and one I support, you know, so it's it's going to help sort of heighten the differences between the two companies. And I just see very good things. The other thing where I'm really excited just for this pay-per-view is, as we said, it's AEW's first big event. So I'm just curious as a fan, I'm curious to see like from the production value, the, the TV graphics that they use and where the commentators are going to sit, where they're going to look like. Uh, how's the stage going to look, the ramp, the ring itself, you know, would there be pyro, like just the whole presentation outside the matches alone. I just want it will be refreshing to see something different presented visually to us. And that's what I'm so excited about. But also, yeah, just the matches. This is a whole new set of ro- a roster, fresh talent. A lot of these people I've not seen wrestle regularly. So kind of get fresh new storylines. And it's almost like, Issue number one of a comic book series. Like, this is them yeah, starting their whole franchise from the ground up. And I'm really curious just how they're going to start here and just is it going to play out for years to come? It could be action number one or it could be spawn number one, depending on how long it lasts. So we'll, <laughs> yes. we'll see where that goes. Uh, before we transition to Money in the Bank, I do want to remind you all to follow us on the social media channels at In the Click on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can follow Baby Huey at Baby Huey 83 on Instagram and Twitter at 
AB Huey official on Facebook, me, bimbo.jimbo on Instagram, the bimbo jimbo on Twitter. I get him? <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. Email. Email. In the click <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, if you wish to opine, we really appreciate all you clicksters. Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. It's the best thing that you can do for a short of going into my bank account and depositing money. So <laughs> thank you very much. No, but seriously, thank you to everyone who's been listening to us and supporting us this whole time. You, We should call them day waters. That's kind of been used before. A little bit. Little I just bit. call them clicksters. Clicksters. Supporters, P1s. So I'm using a lot of radio terms right now. It's stuck in my we head. We appreciate you. So <laughs> yes, yeah. We love you. You know the social channels. Give us a rating and a review on iTunes and uh, let us know what you'd like to hear more about. But to Money in the Bank we go. The pre-show, I guess, as it were, if they you know they don't have a real pre-show like AEW does. but uh, <laughs> They should make it, call it something like that. They made it non-title with the, the Usos and, I was and surprised. the, the Plants Champions. It's weird, right? And also the fact that Daniel Bryan took the pin. Yeah. Over Rowan. I was like, whoa. Like, okay. So this match was so much a throwaway. But at the same time, now, do the Usos have an argument or a case now to be number one contenders for the SmackDown titles? Even though they're on Raw, exactly. which is really dumb. And I guess the Wildcard rule carries over the pay-per-views now. Which, do we even call? Okay. WWE, their pay-per-views are on the network. We're not paid per view. We're paying monthly for the network. So do you even still call it pay-per-views? They do, but they've also tried to like sort of phase that out. Like I've heard Michael Cole call it the Money in the Bank event. Yeah. You know, on the WWE network and stuff like that. They do need kind of a new name, but pay-per-view is just something. so, you know, ingrained at this point. So that takes us to the very the 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 pay-per-view proper uh kicked off with the women's money in the bank match. Um you know, obviously, you know, Bailey won, which was great for Bailey. And I, I think it, it speaks to the fact that, you know, SmackDown really is the land of sort of resets and restarts for, for a lot of people that are maybe misused and miscast on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. It's a great moment for Bailey. Um, the match itself, though, was a little awkward at times. Like, that's the word that sort of kept coming to me over and over again, really throughout the whole Money in the Bank pay per view, was like, this is kind of awkward. People just seem sort of off. It wasn't smooth. I will say that. Like, Remember one moment Naomi was standing there and like two sets of ladders were uh, horizontally coming at her and she did the splits, but there was like a little bit of a delay. Like she was like in place and she was waiting for both sides to be in sync to come at her. Yeah. So that was a little off. Yeah, the gals in this match seemed a little bit like a beat slow. Like I remember like there's a Dana Brooke and Ember Moon spot where very obviously like Ember had to sort of like like push herself into the tree of woe on the ladder. Yeah. And there there were just a few spots that were just a little a little off here is why I, I kept coming cringed, to uh at one point I think it was Dana Brooke or someone like let go of the ladder and it fell and it hit Bailey. Like you could tell like <sighs> It's almost like when you let those ladders fall, you got to kind of be careful. Make sure you don't take out someone who's not suspecting a ladder coming down on them. But it hit Bailey right on the hip, and you could tell that was not planned. And like it, it nicked her hip, and she had like a little gash or scratch yeah. for. The, I mean, stuff but, happens. But I'm just saying, like you could tell that that stung her for the rest of the match. Like she kept looking down at it. Like I saw that. I was like, ooh, like it's for the realism. I do, but see, I but I get it. But at the same time, it's like I know you try to protect each other as best you can in the ring. But like that moment, it's like, ooh, that was like unexpected. I felt kind of bad. But then even um, the other part where, where uh, 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 Mandy pushed down Carmella and the ladder like, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, hit Carmella and the ladder hit Carmella in her knee ankle area. And you could tell Mandy was coming and Carmella's like, get away from me. Stop. Like, 
I don't know if that was unintentional because then Carmella had to leave for a while, yeah. which I don't know was was booked or planned that way. But she eventually comes back into the match. But anyway, it just it seemed like a little unintentional moment right there. And like Mandy, it just like it was a little bit of an accident that Carmella ankle got tweaked there. Uh, you know, the, the sort of my perspective on on things like that in the ring. Obviously, neither of us are wrestlers. I have no issue with not landing a move perfectly or not landing a punch or a kick exactly and stuff like that because, you know, when you look at boxing or UFC, nobody has a 100% punch ratio and stuff like that. It just doesn't happen. Where where I, When I talk about, like, awkward and stuff like that, it's, it's that when you are so married to a spot that it becomes obvious in the ring that, like, that, like you said, talking about name, like waiting, you know, for something, you know, to, to happen so then you can go into the next spot. We're talking about Ember Moon, like, just the, the being a beat slow and waiting for a spot to come to fruition. Sloppy or, like, you know, not exactly accurate or completely uh, polished moves, you know, it happens in all combat sports and stuff like that. So I'm fine with that, but this just felt a little awkward at times. However, I thought it was a great finish. Uh, I really liked the whole, um, almost like a callback to uh, to WrestleMania X7 with Rhino helping uh, Christian on his shoulders to to go up in the TLC match, but with Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose, and then Bailey coming up out of nowhere and pushing them both off the ladder. I was stoked. It, it was really cool to see Bailey get that Money in the Bank briefcase. My only thing is, you know, uh, Sonya Deville carrying her great shows how strong she is. Maybe kind of wish she was in the actual match itself, but. You jump back two years ago, James Ellsworth ran yeah. up there and then threw it down. So it's like, Sonya, you're doing all this extra work for nothing. You should just run up there, grab it, and just throw it down to Mandy down below. Save yourself the back issues. Yeah, it could it could have been. I, I thought I thought it was a great finish for the for the match. Overall, it was a really good uh ladder match. It just in the early going, especially, it just it felt a little off. Hey, the fact they put their bodies through that, you know, kudos to them. They yeah. do a lot more than what you and I can do out there. Uh, and we're going to get into the first part of the sort of awkward, like real awkwardness of the pay-per-view with the U.S. title match, Rey Mysterio beating Samoa Joe. Uh, they made a big point on commentary about it, you know, Samoa Joe having his shoulders up and sort of like highlighting ineptitude of the referees, which they did multiple times yeah. during this pay-per-view, which uh, are they going to turn this into some sort of storyline they want to pay off or, or what have you? But it was, you know, we've had the scab ref storyline back in the day, but yeah, I don't know. What did you think? Well, it. The rumor was supposedly because Samoa Joe's nose got bloody. He got uh, uh, kicked in the face when Ray jumped off the rope and was trying to do a, um, what's it called? Was it her Karana? And I guess they, for some reason they want to call the match quickly because he started bleeding, which doesn't make sense to me. It's like he looked fine. I mean, okay, obviously if he has a busted nose, that hurts. But I'm sure Joe is professional enough to finish the match for however long it's supposed to be. So I just don't know why they would abruptly end it like that. And well, the one thing I could say about that is with WWE sort of like uh, aversion to blood, uh, a broken nose, as we've seen multiple times, can just leave a gory mess in the ring if you're going to continue working a match. And maybe they didn't want for the rest of the night, because, again, this is only the second match of the yeah. main show, just absolutely being caked in blood. What was the last one? John Cena, Seth Rollins. That oh, was Becky Lynch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, and that, there was blood everywhere. And so this is the start of the show, and if if you believe the what have you and everything like that, is that you go back to that, uh, you know, the the um, WrestleMania 13 uh, match with Owen, or excuse me, with Brett and Austin. Great match. It, it is absolutely phenomenal match. But Vince was not pleased 
with the blood because it was all over the ring. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I could see them wanting to not not do that there. But my, my main issue was just the, again, the highlighting of, like, ref, like, ineptitude was just yeah. weird to me. Also, like, Dominic's, like, celebration was just, like, on loop. He had, like, one move. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. Like, can't, you can't fake excitement better than that. Like, Your dad won. Come yeah. on. Well, it just sucks because now – you would think, like, this is a great matchup. Rey Mysterio, the legend, versus Samoa Joe. And both their matches, WrestleMania and Money Bank, have been both kind of, like, eh. Like, it just failed to live up to the hype. Yeah, but we're going to get another one, though, and hopefully they'll they'll get a chance to, to uh, really tear the Dominic's house down. Dominic's going to get it. Yeah, he might. <laughs> Put him through a table. God. Um, <laughs> and then do the Senior Eddie. He's Eddie's kid. Uh, we got the cage match. We both thought the Miz was going to win, but Shane McMahon slipping through his shirt. It was a, hey, look, it was that, a creative finish. I loved it. That. that was good. I will give them that. I have no interest in seeing this feud continue, though, which it seems like it is now. Although Shane's going to be wrestling the Big Dog at uh, Super Showdown. Um, but w- what did you think of the, the match? It was cool. I mean, it was c- cool to see a uh, steel cage match again brought out there versus you know some other type of match, but. Uh, it was cool for what it is, but I mean, it's not like, okay, I think it's kind of played out. It's done. Let's move on. But yeah, creative as far as something different, as far as getting out of the ring. At one point, uh, who was, was it Miz or something? Put their foot on the rope and the uh, ref- Shane, and, oh, and, Shane. And, the, and the ref stopped counting. And then again, Cole highlighting on commentary, you know, the ref should have kept counting. The ref should have kept counting. There's no, there's no DQs in a cage match. Yeah. I don't know if there's necessarily uh, a fall can be counted though. Uh, if somebody's handed on the ropes, if they're submitting or being pinned, I mean, look, it's pro wrestling, so they can choose on the fly. But I do think, what is the what is the point in highlighting bad officiating? And and I do think every now and then having a controversial call again, that's like real sports. But it's like they got this idea to do that, and then they did it to death on this pay per view. Yeah, I don't know if that's like someone in the back telling them in their ear, like call them out on that, like that was a bad move on the ref's part. So I don't know if that's. Something they're being told in their ear, something that's we kind of learned from uh, WWE's uh, commentary team. They they get a lot of directions in yeah. their ear. So I don't know if that's that was supposed to do that. But, yeah, nonetheless, I mean, the match still was a solid for the most part. But like I said, I think it's just kind of done, move on. It's just uh, my thinking is, man, the Miz here as a baby face just cannot defeat Shade. So it's like. It's something you talked about, like, uh, uh, with Batista and Triple H. You wanted Batista to win because for Triple H, he's Batista's just that one guy that always has his number. So now, for this uh, uh, particular storyline, is Shane is the one guy Miz cannot defeat. The thing about it is Shane's not, a, like, a regular wrestler, though. And that's the other thing I was going to ask you. Kind of right now, obviously Vince pops in once in a while, especially recently with the wild card rule. Stephanie's been gone for a little bit. Triple H... He's been making appearances in the back, but that's it. Do you think Shane right now, his current gimmick, he is like the new Vince McMahon of this generation? He's on no. Raw and SmackDown. No. He's now hiring guys to like cover for him, like you know, Drew McIntyre recently, Elias. Like He has guys kind of doing his dirty I, work. I think he's kind of doing his own thing a little bit uh, just because he is re- he's wrestling more than Vince did yeah. now. Which is an interesting thing. He'll and, be champion soon. God, I, <laughs> I mean, Vince did that, but a couple times. Um, no, I mean, I, they might be going for that, maybe, but it's like they really, they'd have to put him over again as like the authority figure, though. Yeah. You know, like no one has else. All the power and everything like that to be like the 
the final boss and everything. So they haven't done that yet. But yeah, so Miz losing again here. I guess the feud's going to continue. Or maybe Miz will get so frustrated he'll do us all a favor and go heal again. Or do uh, something in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, cruiserweight title siding on the main show. Tony Nice uh, retained against Davari. Uh, I thought they had a, a solid little match. Yeah, good young job, well done. Cool, Davari coming out of the the, the fancy car. Yeah, uh, but yeah, for what cruiserweights uh, did out there, I mean, for them, I feel like anytime they wrestle, I'm just happy it was on the main show versus the pre-show. But I think for them, their match alone is always just it's one big commercial to promote 205 Live as a show because that probably needs as much love as it can. So for them. I know for the, it's not only they want to go out there and deliver a good match for the fans and attendants and everyone watching, but also just get more eyeballs on their TV show. Uh, and then we went into the first of two women's championship matches with Becky Two Belts uh, coming out to take on Lacey Evans. Uh, loved Lacey Evans' ring attire. Her whole entrance deal was great. Having the Becky, her punching Becky Lynch on her boots was a very nice touch, uh, almost Rick Rude-esque. The guns, the, the money gun, guns. Yeah, the money guns, which uh, were, were very cool. I, I just I loved her whole aesthetic. Um, Becky retained here with the disarmor, but this was, again, Corey Graves on commentary trying to act like the referee missed a three count uh, on Lacey to Becky, which, first of all, they didn't. And second of all, just why don't especially don't do that with Becky Lynch right now. And, uh, you know, it, th- I thought that was poor. I'm so happy Becky won here. <sighs> that took us into the Smackdowns like right after we roll which smart heel booking by Charlotte. Like, exactly. Have Charlotte come out right then uh, for the Smackdown championship really put over how arduous and how grueling it's going to be for Becky to maintain both of these title belts. Um, I hated the finish of the SmackDown Championship match with with Charlotte. I mean, you had Lacey interference, which obviously is going to give credence to why Becky lost. Okay. But Charlotte completely whiffs, or the cameraman whiffed on what angle he's supposed to take of the boot. First of all, like, yeah. Charlotte never wins with the boot, first of all. Like, at least have her get her with natural selection or something like that. Um, but we have Charlotte pinning Becky, I just I did not in spite of how much of a Bailey fan I was and how this night ended with Bailey being SmackDown Women's Champion when it was all said and done. Uh, I didn't want Becky to lose either of her belts here. Like I want like Becky is in such a special spot right now. Yeah, and it feels like it's undercutting her, and it's undercutting her for in my estimation. Kind of a bad reason. It's like they want to kind of keep it brand specific at this point, but it's like, dude, we can all read the tea leaves. This wild card thing is the end of it all. And so just have her be Becky Two Belts at least until SummerSlam. Keep the momentum going. Yeah, you know, this is her first this is her first time defending both belts, and she lost one of them. And so like came back to bite her because of the lacy ference, but I still I, I was not a fan of how they did this. I will say as far as the first match. Love Lacey Evans. She really won me over, and I see long-term star power from her. No doubt. Like, just, man, it just, like, the, the her look, and I, listen, I know she's a tall blonde. She gets the comparisons right away to Charlotte, but I see very much what she's doing. It really separates herself from everyone else on the roster. She has her own unique look and presentation. And so, to me, I thought she looked great, and this was her first big match as far as pay-per-views go. I thought she looked great. So I, I, for, I'm excited to tune in week in, week out to see her and just how she's going to grow within the company. Like I said, I think she has star power and really will help, especially for Raw, that roster. And I think she has 
big things coming her way down the road. Like, I was not upset that she lost. This is Becky's time right now. What Becky's doing is, you said, very special. She's earned this. I do agree with you. I think they cut off this really special and unique opportunity that Becky has going right now too soon. But for for Lacey, I think this is only going to lead to big things down the road for her. But for the SmackDown, yeah, for Charlotte, I totally agree. It was like, perfect. She comes out cocky, like, no, no, get your ass back in there. I'm going to take you on right now. And then for Bailey's sake to come out, makes perfect sense as far as, okay, whoever was champion, it it made sense because if it was Becky, she's gone through two matches, so add, add a third one to it. But for Charlotte, it made sense. Okay. For Charlotte, though, I was talking to someone here. Uh, in the last couple months, she's been champion twice, but both reigns have been short. Like, she beat Asuka. was champion for, like, two weeks before WrestleMania. This yeah. one, she was champ for, what, 30 seconds, if that? So, she's going to be—I know everyone thought John Cena's going to be the one to break Ric Flair's uh, number of championships. I think Charlotte's going to be the one to do it, and do it probably pretty soon within the next five years, especially because— her title rates, I like to think of it. Ric Flair's like number of title wins, I would say it's the non-money in the bank era. John Cena and all his title wins, it's in the money in the bank era. So really got to kind of have a little asterisk for these title wins. But like for Charlotte, she's what, nine-time champion now? But like the total amount of the, the length is very short compared to her dad's. Yeah, well, I mean, Rick had some short reigns in there, too, and yeah, he's yeah. had some non-recognized reigns and everything like that. If Depending on who you believe, he might be an 18-time uh, champion as opposed <laughs> to 16-time. It's uh, fluctuated over the years. Uh, but, yeah, so Bailey came out and did cash in. It was a cool moment for Bailey. Uh, at, she looked at, really strong. At, 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 that, at that point, I'm happy it happened because I didn't want Charlotte to walk out with the championship, so good for Bailey. But I'm still... It's still a bummer that they cut off Becky two belts. That's I guess, celebration, I guess, though. I guess I won't be. I guess I won't be buying. Uh, you know, <laughs> the Becky two belts shirt on uh, WWEshop.com. You can still buy it. It's, a, uh, it's worthless now. Celebrates it's just, it's a moment. Like the John Cena U.S. title shirt is just <laughs> no, not good. But do Bailey, it. though, that's celebration. Though I had goosebumps. It was, great. it was great. Her going into the crowd, into the Bailey section, the huggers, and I thought it was just for her. It was a very special moment. It should have been at SummerSlam. Yeah, no, great, I would have been a great memorable moment at SummerSlam and it would have you know I just I question the timing of it all but they say people were saying online oh she's a Grand Slam champion no she's uh let's see she's won the, the, the well, Raw tag and Smackdown she's uh triple well, crown what, winner what WWE put out officially and I, I don't get again there's only I mean the Sean one is what mattered but uh she the WWE put out that officially she's a triple crown champion and the first woman to ever do that yes. which is uh momentous in its own right okay uh but uh, she went on there and put Grand Slam because she had the NXT Women's Championship as well. So, so that's where a lot of people were saying Grand Slam. Yeah. Um, but but th- 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 hey, as a Bailey fan, you have that forever now. She's a Triple Crown winner, the first one. Yeah, absolutely. And I think more than more than anything, I'm just happy because it's the the the, the change of scenery to SmackDown. It's it's the it's the rebooting of Bailey. And everything uh, was was awesome. So it just shows that they that they do have some people in creative there that care about the direction of Bailey. Would you also say? I mean, just this is such a good make good for how bad 2018 was for her. But also, do you think that's also WWE's way of giving like an fu middle finger to Sasha? I don't see it as a middle finger to Sasha because again, it com- it comes on the fact that I th- I think I think it comes down to the switch to SmackDown and just that creatively. 
It's like we're spinning our wheels here with Bailey uh, and that they wanted to do something with her. And that so that's I, I don't think it's an FU to SmackDown. I don't think it's a make good for 2018 either because they could just as soon take the title right off of her again. You know, we don't know if it's a make good or not until we're looking ahead to this year's WrestleMania and where Bailey's at on the card and how she's been treated. And, you know, she was the first ever, uh, you know, one, one half of the first ever women's tag team champions with Sasha Banks, which was great. Uh, I, I still don't agree with the booking decision to take it off of them so quickly. Uh, and look what the Iconics have done since then. Yeah, and I like the Iconics quite a too. bit. Um, but it's just like that that title wasn't even on defended on this show. Yeah. You know? Uh, so that's... They have a lot of titles now. <laughs> yeah, we do. And we're, we're going to get one more on Raw. But let's <laughs> let's quickly wrap up the rest of uh, our Money in the Bank talk here. After getting waffled with the guitar... Um, Roman Reigns beat my guy Elias in 10 seconds. But it was a the overall segment was good as far as it had it was it had a lot of TV time. Or yeah, I, it did, I, but it's like, man, are they ever gonna pull the trigger on him? You know, like this Roman didn't need this. He's gonna be 24 seven. 24-7 champion real quick. Nah, man, I, I'm all in on who currently is 24-7 <laughs> yeah, champion, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay, I, I'm we'll super into that. Um, but, yeah, so Eli- Elias got just absolutely squashed by Roman, which sucked to see. Uh, you know, I'm happy Roman's back and everything like that. But it just it's it bums me out because I feel like they could do, like, really big things with Elias. He has star power there. The potential him to really dominate and he's still in a good spot don't get me wrong he's working with he's working with the guy that the company thinks is the guy so it's still a good spot and he's kind of aligned himself with the mcmahon yeah so So don't get me wrong he's a good spot and wins and losses don't really matter but um (laughs) aw it will uh, remains to be seen um universal title match uh seth rollins beating aj styles in my estimation what was match of the night they had they did a hell of a job they put on a terrific performance uh, just really good stuff. Seth won clean. There was no heel club shenanigans, which I thought there might have been with the Good Brothers. I think that might be still to come down the line in a rematch or something like that. I would love to see them go at it again at SummerSlam and then have maybe AJ do the turn and win the title with help from the club would be great. Ooh, okay. um, I just, uh, you know, I, I think I think this feud with AJ Styles could be that sort of you know, moment for Seth to be sort of made as a baby face. Like we were talking about having a signature styled opponent and a big time opponent. Um, like Macho Man, the Ricky Steamboat. Or- yeah, just like he just needs it because I don't think that they really did it. But we'll see because with what happened in Money in the Bank, maybe uh, maybe not. But well, what did you think of the, the universal title match? It was great. I mean, they had, let's see, how long was that they had one? About 20 minutes. Yeah, about 20 minutes. So I'm glad that one was the longest match of the night for them to actually do their thing. Um, I enjoyed it at the end as far as AJ reluctantly, but he still, as far as good sportsmanship, he's like, hey, shake my hand. So it's just to acknowledge these are the two uh, best guys on the WWE's roster. But real quick, before the video package before the match, I, I, I it's the same one I believe that we talked about before, but just the way it was done and produced as far as the video footage and the way it was cut up and like the colors, it had that, I don't know about you, but it had like that, Attitude Era, early 2000s vibe. Yeah. The way it was chopped up and put together, I really enjoyed the editing on that. So hopefully moving forward, they do that for more of these matches versus just showing like last week on Raw, boom, boom, this stuff. And they show slow motion of 
guys taking out each other or two weeks ago this moment happened but this one was like a full-blown put together video piece that really just added to the drama it had like the music and I was yeah like, and they showed that on raw and it was it was just it goes to like i hope they do more of that exactly i mean that's you got those little things as far as what adds to it makes us get emotionally caught up in the match and so for them it, it it's really, like I said, they all went went at it, and just delivering so much, all these great spots, and just it was a great wrestling match. What yep. else can you say? It so, delivered. They they exactly. absolutely delivered. Uh, Kofi Kingston retained the WWE Championship, or as I call it, the title of record. Uh, he beat Kevin Owens in about 15 minutes. Um, it's good to see. I mean, it's good first defense. Uh, and, With and those shoes. Yeah, exactly. And and he the right guy won. Yeah. And it's continuing on his his reign and everything like that. Um, so, yeah, good stuff. I was just kind of worried. One, I was kind of glad to see him out there by himself. Just kind of a little bit separate himself from the New Day, that he's a fighting champion on his own. And I'm excited to see that because I, I think – for him, as far as his own legacy as a champion, he kind of needs to separate himself and go down this journey as a solo guy. But that we, as we're kind of seeing now lately, the New Day are always going to have his back. Yeah. Well, I just think it was important to move on from the Kofi Mania moment. You know, we don't want to overcapitalize on that and everything like that. It was a fantastic WrestleMania moment, but now be champion. And it's like, you know, enough of the Michael Cole segments being like, wow, really happened and everything. Yeah. And it was great. Uh, but now we need a champion. And so I think this was an important step, a great first defense for Kofi uh, in, in doing that and sort of uh, escaping the the sort of just like the continued recapping of everything. And Kevin Owens, like to his credit, former NXT champion, former Universal champion. So to defeat Kevin Owens, that's a big win for Kofi yeah. and for his, his title rate that he's I, currently in. I think it was a perfect first opponent for him to yeah. defend against. A credible heel, uh Kevin can sustain the loss without really losing any momentum. Uh, then the men's money in the bank ladder match. Um, you know, what can you say about it? Who'd we predict? Maybe Andrade, maybe Drew McIntyre, maybe a Sam Zayn. Oh, we got to go to the back because Braun Strowman was looking for Sami Zayn, uh, was tearing stuff down. I don't think he's hiding in those small boxes, Braun. I'm just <laughs> putting that out there, but... Uh, they're trying to play up the whole monster on the loose looking for Sammy. Then we find Sammy like predator style hanging upside down. Triple H, uh, you know, chews out Braun Strowman over and makes him leave. He goes like, whatever, bro. Predator, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Uh, he's hanging up there like Hawkins though. So, you know, Sam, (laughs) Sam is, Sam is down. Uh, Triple H kicks Braun out and like just makes Braun look stupid. I feel so bad for, for Braun. Um, so we got a man down in the, in the money in the bank, poor Sammy Zane. Um, so we had Ricochet, we had Corbin, we had Drew McIntyre, we had Prince Ali, we had Andrade, we had Randy Orton, we had Finn Balor. I was going to ask, okay, like there was so much that happened in this match. I was just going to ask who you think maybe was like the MVP of the match. Because, like, there's a lot of guys who had some big spots on this. And I felt like everyone had different assignments and represented different roles for what this match is and how to make it effectively entertaining for us as the fans. So, like, for example, Randy Orton, I really enjoyed. He was the one that was going out there and just kind of, like, doing dirty deeds. Or or or, or he would just take guys, throw them to the table. Like, he yeah. was kind of like the little sneaky piece of destruction going out there and just causing havoc and pain on people. Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre were doing more of the big heavy lifting as far as carrying the smaller guys and putting these big power moves on. 
I thought like Andrade, to me, Andrade kind of really came off as the MVP as far as a lot of these big spots. Like I think if he hasn't already won the crowd over, I think he is destined for a, yeah. a championship reign at some point. Finn Balor, to his credit, he probably took the most beating as far as like just on his back. I mean, as far as the spot with Andrade through the ladder, uh, was it Baron choke slam him on another ladder side of the ladder? So he took like the biggest beating of everyone out there. And then uh, uh, Ali as well, he was doing high flying. Him and Ricochet were doing a lot of high flying spots. Like to their, they had a little matchup together going at it. So, which was great because technically they're Raw and SmackDown. So to see them kind of quickly, a little fantasy booking in this match, because we're not going to see that probably regularly on week to week TV. So to get that little matchup there was great as far as them going back and forth, high flying. So I think everyone had, I enjoyed, everyone had like their specific assignments, what they need to do. Because Money in the Bank, you can't just have all high flyers. You can't have all just big guys. You need a mixture of everyone. So the kind of everyone can use their strengths and weaknesses to this, to apply to the match to really just have these different type of spots that you won't normally see throughout the year. Yeah, I th- and I thought they did a great job, and I, I think the MVP of the match is, has to be the winner, the Beast Incarnate, Brock Lesnar. He's back out of nowhere. Brocky Brock is back. He's swerving off the highway, coming back home to WWE. He is the Beast in the Bank, and uh, you know what? I'm thrilled about it because really? I am absolutely okay. thrilled about it. Thank you. God, Brock Lesnar is back in the WWE. We need your box office, homie. Okay. And so, like, you are big time dollar signs. It was unexpected. It would that was an Attitude Era esque swerve. Yes. Um, and you know, like, would I have loved to see Andrade or Drew McIntyre, or Ricochet Ali was right come there. down the case, or yeah, Prince Ali, as I'm going to call him. Uh, don't go see the live action version of Aladdin. We already saw the movie, uh, and it was great. It's my favorite Disney film. We didn't need a live action version. Kuda Batata. Uh, be, be that as it may. It's a wonderful phrase. Um, Brock Lesnar, <laughs> it's so good to have him back in the WWE. Well, okay. Is it because, like, okay, his UFC career is done. Like, there's yeah. no way he couldn't go back. So he, he's coming back to to the homeland. What a, what a great, great surprise. Did not I, see it coming whatsoever. I will admit, like, everyone online is, oh, boo, this sucks. I'm going to cancel my network subscription. Dude, like, to their credit, this is what we love about wrestling. The surprise is no one suspected him to come out. That was the thing. It, it, it got everyone talking online, social media, good or bad, how you viewed it. It got people talking. It got WWE, WWE back out there in the mainstream. Like, this was a very strategic move to get people talking about the show. Like, no offense to everyone else that was in the match, but, like, this got people talking about it, and maybe someone who didn't watch it, maybe go back and watch and see how it played out. Like, come on, people, this is a business too. Like, this move has a lot riding on the line for the company. It's why it's why Brock took out Sami Zayn via Predator style and everything like that. It just, uh, you know what? No matter what they do with the Money in the Bank briefcase, uh, as we roll into Raw, it will all be worth it for Brock using the briefcase like it is the JVC Kaboom box. <laughs> And get your kaboom of the week with Brock Lesnar freaking just dancing around, like even leaning it over to Paul Heyman, like, can you hear it? And there's so many great like clips online of people setting it to like Sweet Dreams by Eurythmics or like other songs <laughs> yeah. and stuff. It is that is a gif of which I will use 
forever. <laughs> Your so, mood. So, like, that. that is what a blessing. I Thank will, you, Brock Lesnar, for blessing us with I will that. say this. With Brock winning, the really interesting part, okay, like, okay, his schedule, we all know he's a part-time wrestler. He comes and goes whenever he wants, and it, it really is kind of like, is he coming now? Is he coming now? So it's really surprising. We don't. It's unexpected when he's going to show up. Now you tie in the money and bank angle. It's with, perfect for him. It's perfect because, like, okay, he might not be here for three weeks in a row, but he might show up again. Oh my! And if he's here, oh my God, he's really going to catch it. it it's it gonna. Adds. It's gonna be the perfect sort of out of sight, out of mind because he's not a performer that you have to ride onto TV every week. That happens to be carrying around this briefcase. He really is just going playing by his own rules. No bad. So uh, you know, and I, I do think, and we're not going to spend a lot of time as we're running way long here. Uh, talking about Raw and SmackDown this week, but the angle they're going for is sort of him teasing which champion he's going to cash in on. Paul Heyman saying that he's going to decide next week. I doubt that's going to happen very much as well. He's like, I can't, I can't um, hear you, dude. He, dude, feature so bright. Brock's got to wear shades. Uh, I, I, I love. He it. should come out with like Adidas and, gear and, and like what, be a b boy. Great heel because of course everybody hates it. Because, you know, it's just the idea that we move past this part time champion thing, like. The amount of heat is just a phenomenal thing. I hope Brock, like, I hope Brock works like a slightly heavier schedule, but I am so down for for him being back and being, you know, a big part of the scene because Brock Lesnar, he's the biggest deal they have in WWE right now, other than Becky Lynch. But I think mainstream appeal, it's still Brock. Uh, And so it's a big deal for him to be back. Do you want him to call his shot like Braun Strowman? That, hey, I'm gonna cash no. it in through. You want that whole element surprise? Literally, when when you least expect it, he's yeah. gonna come running out. He's a heel. Yeah. So that's that's what heels do. Okay. Um, uh, the other thing, I just got a kick out. He comes right out, pushes the ladder, hits like all the camera crew. It was great. <laughs> it felt buck wild. But but he felt you could tell he was a little scared going up that ladder. Yeah. Like, I think he was trying to reach. He's like, oh crap, this is really high. And he had to go one more just to get it. And you could tell he stopped. Yeah, dude. People are not always stoked on that, you know. I'm afraid like, of heights be, too. Like I wouldn't be either. Uh, <laughs> but you can tell he was like, "Crap, I gotta go one more." I wasn't ready, and he takes a deep breath and then takes that one extra step up the rung. But just, I will admit, one like the imagery after the match. If you watch it closely, how the after Brock wins, he's sitting on top of the ladder with the briefcase going. Ha, ha, ha. But the camera goes around the ring, and you see all the bodies of the, the other contestants or, or, or wrestlers just laying there flat out. It's like they sacrificed so much, and then this sneaky guy comes running in, doesn't even take a bump, and wins the title. Even Randy Orton, his face, he's just sitting there, and he's looking up. And he's like, you could tell he's pissed. Like, we we did all that for almost 20 minutes of beating each, the crap out of each other, and this guy comes out and wins it. So I just – I love – Randy Orton's face really summed up, I think, a lot of fans' emotions. And but that's wrestling. It was Brock like Lesnar is the smartest man in pro wrestling. <laughs> Don't hate him because he's not nuts. Don't hate him because he's a better negotiator. Yeah. I get it. Look, I got some of the frustration, and everything like that. Uh, I think his first, um, you know, in the in the lead up to WrestleMania 31, I thought his title reign was sort of perfect in the in. You know, it was it was new and different then, like that you didn't have the champion there all the time, and it was also a single brand. You had the belt. It was you weren't trying to make a new belt with the Universal Championship. So putting the Universal title on him, I think it was different because you know it doesn't have the lineage. Um, but man, I'm so all in for Brock Lesnar to be back. It's great. 
Uh, he's big time dollars, and he's a draw, and the and WWE needs that right now. So I yeah. get it. Uh, good for them. Uh, the main thing I want to talk about before we get out of here from Ron SmackDown this week is Mick Foley. Oh, not the return of Big E. Well, that that was you know that was good, but it was Mick Foley coming out unveiling a new championship. There's a lot of speculation online uh, as to what it would be. I personally think that we don't need any more championships. Uh, and if we were going to have one, I would say unveil a TV championship that's defended every week on on TV on both shows, perhaps, uh, and and you do something like that. But what we got was not the hardcore championship, but the twenty four seven championship, a title which is defended uh, anytime, anywhere, and is first awarded by sort of an XFL-like scramble. Uh, <laughs> Titus O'Neil will go down in history as the very first ooh, ooh. 24-7 champion. And so far, I mean, that is that is not, man, that's the first time I've seen Titus in a really long time. So... <laughs> So then Robert Roode. Yeah, and then Robert Roode. Uh, but the current and longest reigning 24-7 champion is R-Truth. Uh, but for, before we get into R-Truth and SmackDown, what did you think of the, the whole unveiling and everything? Okay, so I know a lot of people were upset. They thought it was going to be the Hardcore Championship. It literally is the Hardcore Championship, but which is not the title, or the, the name of the title. But it has pretty much the same principles as far as the last uh, incarnation of the Hardcore Championship as far as the same rules, defended 24-7, it's, it, it's, I think people are upset, it's not hardcore. Well, like, WWE doesn't have, quote, hardcore matches. They have extreme rules matches. And I still think wherever this is going to be held at, like, if you're defending at 24-7, I would imagine, as long as the ref's there, you can use whatever's around you. Yeah, it's to, not like there's going to be DQ. Yeah, so I, I like, like, I mean, what was it? Our truth when he defeated Robert Rudy, threw him against the car. You know, you, I think you can use outside instruments or uh, foreign objects to your advantage. So I think, okay, maybe the, the name of the title is not that cool. It literally looks like just a big clock on it. It's a 24 slash 7. But I think what the title represents can still be very entertaining. Uh, so I'm trying, there's so many things I want to talk about this title. So, okay, as far as... It being defended 24-7, I'm excited because, one, it's going to give a lot of the mid-card and lower-card guys who don't get a lot of TV time something to do. Obviously, it's going to be very comedic most of the time. Like, even most of Raw and SmackDown's guys running around looking for our truth or or whoever is the champion. So you saw a lot of guys you haven't seen on TV in a minute. Um and it's a lot of these guys being goofy, like, where is he? It's, like, very cartoonish. It reminded me of uh, Batista. Remember when he was working out and that fan came running in? Yeah. <laughs> right off. <laughs> but so you're going to get a lot of those moments where just people staying there and people running by. So it's going to be entertaining. I think it's going to be kind of like one continuous moving storyline throughout the night that we could check in from time to time. That's going to be entertaining. And like I said, it's going to give a lot of guys opportunities to shine that don't get it elsewhere. And – I think the concept of 24-7 can really be – I think WWE can take advantage of that for a social media aspect. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think, think that's a huge thing. I think they, they say it can be defended Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, 205 Live, all their TV shows. Now, it's going to be a little tough probably on NXT because those are all taped out, but I'm sure if you plan it out right, you could probably do it all in one show. 
Uh, but, but I'm saying from a social media standpoint, I think you could like do like, or even WWE.com exclusive videos. Like literally our truth, just for example, our truth since he's the current champion, he could be walking to Starbucks or something. And someone else jumps out, attacks him out of the restroom, does yeah. the pin. And that's an exclusive video that's on WWE's Instagram. So that could be a great fun tie in to capitalize on social media as far as the real time and really show storyline wise that they are defending it 24 seven. Yeah. I, I think uh, they sort of did something like this uh, in the Indies with Joey Ryan. I was going to say and they, the DDT, I think Iron Man title. Yes. Uh, they did. Like, I remember seeing that pop up a lot and I do think it's a very smart social media ploy because it's going to get people watching their social channels for, you know, at this point, it is going to be comedic, but if if they actually had, like, a match that popped up on social media or something like that that you wouldn't get on Raw or SmackDown, that would be a good idea. Right now, it is firmly in the This Is Crash Holly's sort of comedic 24-7 title reign sort of deal. Um, I love what R-Truth has done with it so far, though. He's he, the European champion. Dude, hilarious. And him, like, sort of, I, I love, him and Carmella have such great natural chemistry, so her helping him, him dressing like Carmella, it's, to me, it's fun. You know, said, like, have what fun gave it away? It. Like, this, this isn't going to be some prestigious headlining, you know, championship. It's it's meant to be good fun. Do they do they need that many titles? No. But uh, for for our truth and entertainment purposes, I had fun watching him on SmackDown this week, and that's really I was entertained. Uh, would, would I want this to necessarily like punctuate like you know a really important moment in wrestling history? No, but for what it is right now, I, I, I was entertained by it. I liked it. Do you think this belt qualifies for Grand Slam championships? <laughs> I, I, no. It doesn't, and I don't think a lot of them do. We're in a brand split. There's too many titles for the Grand Slam, the Triple Crown thing to matter. It, like, it, and it's wrestling. So I mean, Rey Mysterio is the latest Grand Slam champion. Now that was a big moment, winning at Money in the Bank. No, it wasn't. It, He's officially Grand Slam it, champion it, now. It does the Grand Slam again? We'll go back to it. it's when the European title was around, and those you know it was the four belts that they had then, uh, and so it, it just. And the reason why it mattered is because they won every belt that was available to them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in, until that happens, you know, until, until you know, I guess Ray Mysterio's got to be a 24-7 champion, which I wouldn't rule out, uh, and a universal champion and all these different things, none of that matters. But I, I had fun watching the, the 24-7 uh, thing with our truth, but it, I could see it getting annoying real fast. And that's what I'm concerned is like, could this really, okay, we live in a, I think a lot of people's attention spans in today's social media world is a lot shorter. So I'm worried that this title and this concept could burn out really fast though. So I'm just kind of concerned. What is WWE going to do to keep it fresh? Yeah. Cause like if, if like the, our, our truth doing his thing can only last for so long before it's like, okay, this is like six weeks going now. Well, like, I mean, if our truth has like a really long reign, I'm fine with that. But okay, it's <laughs> <laughs> just different wig every week. Yeah, but, absolutely. But th- what do you think of the actual design of the title? That's that was like one thing. Yeah, got a lot of people, people complaining about the design. Yeah, it's it. It's not cool. It doesn't look good. Looks like the old school with the WBC boxy title. I, I've heard that, but even that like just looks more ornate. This one just I don't know. It didn't really it didn't really do anything for me. Uh, this this title belt and everything. So I, I think they could have come up with a better design for it, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, and, and maybe they will down the road, I, I suppose. But yeah, I, I mean, what do you think about it? 
as far as design. Yeah. I love, okay, I love the circular look to it. That's something I, I, I don't you, like the green strap, I guess, is why I come back to I just don't like it. Well, the fact that the, the actual main plate, it just says 24 slash 7, and then the gold plates on the side are blank. Like, yeah. I think there's some indie titles out there that look so much better than that. Like, yeah, there's it titles. Felt unfinished. Yeah, it felt like, oh, crap. Uh, like get this. The, the meme I saw online is like when the belt you made in uh, in 2K, you know, shows up on, on Raw. And it's like, yeah, it's kind of true. It just, but I love circular looking titles. I will say that I, it reminds me of like the, the Wing Eagle belt or even the belt right after that the, from the Attitude Era. I love big circular looking titles, even like, uh, um, that's why I love like, you know, Impact Wrestling, you know, Johnny Mundo's title that he had. Like, I love the big circular looking titles. Like, I'm not a big fan of WWE's current design. It's like, you know, the pointy triangular down, like the universal. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that. I just, to me, it looks just weird for my eyeballs. I like big circular. To me, that looks like, you know, old school boxing titles, all that stuff. Like, so for me, at least that one's circular. I'm like, okay. I, I just for I, I know I sound probably weird for that, but it's just like, to it's me. It's just all personal preference. Yeah. I think the the overall, the overall thinking on the, on the title was that it, it looked unfinished. It was not. It was not well received. Uh, I, Mick I, Foley. I felt bad. Like his promo was great as far as what it means to be a champion. But when he delivered, first off, the the bag was coming down his shoulders. You can start seeing the title being unveiled before. Mick even took to social media and took some of the heat for why it wasn't well received. He felt like he didn't hit the promo out of the park and sort of like really. Was, I, was, I, I and I kind of agree with him. I love. He I says, went back and rewatched it, and it, I don't think it was his best work, but. Uh, I, I feel like it was just it was just like a little bit. It felt like in rewatching, they got a little bit lost in his own words up there. Well, that, that's kind of how he is a lot of times doing promos. No well, offense, I, he's I, well, older. I think it's how a lot of people are because they get so stilted and structured that it's like you feel like you have to hit all these beats like the exactly yeah. as opposed to conveying a message. But it just felt bad when he actually showed the title and like the crowd was like silent or started booing a little bit. I just ah. Like, I felt bad. Yeah, like it would never boo Mick Foley. Yeah, as I just felt bad. He's like the sacrificial lamb to deliver this message. And that, I guess that was the other thing too. It's like why him? Uh, because it, because it's not you're not calling it the hardcore title, so you can you can take that association away from it uh, and everything like that. He's so, the closest one because he lives away. Does he live in Connecticut? You, you want somebody that held the twenty four seven title? Give give Bob Holly a call. You yeah, know? like. I, you know, somebody that he could speak to to crash his memory and everything like yeah. that. You know, even though I know they weren't actual cousins, but in storyline and WWE what? canon, they were. Spoiler I know, alert! I know. Jeez. Um, but yeah, I just I didn't see that. Just you just trot Mick Foley out there for really no reason, which would, I guess that was sort of just like weird to you me. Should have Shane do it or something? <laughs> He's somebody. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just I didn't get it. <laughs> but but that being said, our truth is the greatest twenty four seven champion of all time up to this. At, up to this point, which, like I said, I'm excited to see what other skits they could do. My biggest takeaway is like with the concept, they could really use social media to their advantage. Yeah, really, and, and that's really where coverage. it should live. Yeah, like that's that's really where this thing should live. Uh, it should be on their social channels more so than on TV. Before I forget, also, did you notice Mick Foley's promo? He said the third hour is going to get a little more yeah. nasty. The lights went darker. The logo had the black background. 
So, I don't know what the hell that means, though, because it's a 24-7 championship that you're unveiling. Well, maybe the third hour of Raw. But it was, like, weird that he was, like, equating the two together. Like, you're to announce a championship, and you're talking about the third hour of Raw, like... Getting spicier, or nastier, whatever the term you want to use. And so that, 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 to me, just sort of... So... But like, are they going to get little, little, little mature audience? I mean, it's a war zone now, pal. We're going back to that. <laughs> Mick Foley, to, don't kill the messenger. Yeah, I don't know, because because he's on one hand he's talking about the third hour of Raw, and then he's like, and it's not going to just be defended on Raw. It's going to be defended on SmackDown too. So what the hell do we care about the third hour of Raw if this title's like more than about Raw? Which I don't know, but like I said, like are they going to bring what back? What are we talking about here? Raw panties matches. Is this the third hour of Raw championship, or is this the twenty four seven championship? Like, what are we doing? I don't know. Like, I I, I don't understand. Um, but be that as it may, the stuff on SmackDown with it was hilarious. Yes, yes. And, and, the, the, and the stuff with Robert Roode and our truth was great. But the the wanted signs. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I'm just like that could be really fun. Like I said, that type of stuff could be really fun for for guys who maybe don't have a match lined up that night. But the way you could weave them in throughout the night, doing different things. And, check, and, I, and I, yeah, and I think I think using it on social media. So you got guys in the back that maybe don't have a match on TV that night, and you have them involved in in vignettes that appear on their YouTube channel, their Instagram, their Facebook, all this stuff. You go Facebook Live, and the twenty four seven championship is is sort of, you know, being defended right now. Yeah, yeah. They could do a lot of cool stuff with it. So in that sense, I'm encouraged to see that because they could get creative with it. And that's exciting. Uh, real quick, I was just going to ask you for SmackDown, Big E coming back. He is not, he's still like recovering from knee surgery, right? I know it's been like six weeks, but. Yeah, but they, so they brought him back just to sort of write him out again, just to, I think, put over Kevin Owens' villainy. You think so? Like, let me ask you this. Like, do you think they brought him back because they felt like Kofi needs both guys by his side, though? Like, maybe Xavier wasn't enough. Like, they need both of them together. And maybe think, like, a lot of times in recent years when someone's hurt, they're, he's, they're off TV for, for ages until they recover. But maybe think, like, back in the day, remember when Brian Pillman was hurt? He would still show up yeah. with the Hart Foundation. So maybe they for, for star power and just to really help get Kofi over – Biggie, even though he's hurt, he's not going to take any bumps, but he can still dress up and show up every yeah, week. And I think they did the angle on TV, though, to show something happened to him on TV. So okay. it's, it's not just him like coming around not being able to have contact stuff. So if he's in like a cast or a brace or something like that, that it's more like, okay, because we saw that happen. Okay. Kind of kind of deal. But I still hope he shows up because. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he can still talk on the mic. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like. I, I think, like I said, I think the current trend is whenever someone's hurt, they're just immediately off TV for for months until they come back. But I think if you're able to still talk and do something, I think you should be able to still show up and be a part of the show in some capacity. So I, that's why I hope, even though Big E is still recovering, it might be months till he's fully healed. I still want him to come out there and do stuff and be part of the promo segments in some capacity. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just so great seeing the the, the new day together as a unit. So I'm, I'm sure that entered their mind. Uh, on our way out the door, I just want to uh, once again reiterate that everybody go out there and watch Double or Nothing. You know, shell out the money, watch with your friends, enjoy it this evening. Uh, it should be a hell of a show. If you have not yet caught the WWE 24 on Becky Lynch, I've watched it twice. It is one of the best things that they've ever done on the network. It was really, really well done stuff. Emotional, told a great story, the, the, the manner in which they documented everything that they got. Uh, do yourselves a favor and check that out. 
Uh, and while you're at it, while you're logging on, be sure to go to at in the click on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, in the click at gmail.com if you wish to opine to us. Uh, yeah, and have a hell of a weekend, pro wrestling fans. Ooh. For Baby Huey, I'm Bimbo Jimbo. And remember, if you're not in the click, see ya. I wouldn't want to be you.